Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here is Tomas Hurdle moving in. Score! Kopitar, side of the net, Pacioretty. Hurdle scores a root shot, and it is now 8-5. to five. I had a great time, you know, it's, it, was, it was awesome, you know, play with other guys, I think we had a great time, you know, and, and I'm actually happy we won, you know, because it doesn't matter which game, I, always, I, I love competing, I, I always win, you know, and it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed this time, the last two days. Yeah, we got, I think, some great chemistry, it was actually fun, you know, we, before seven years we hate each other, but now we hang out, you know, so it's, but it's all good, you know, we have great time, you know, and I, and, you know, it was fun playing with other guys, you know, like Angie, you know, Max, Connor, all these guys. It was a lot of fun on the bench. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, right away from the start, last today was uh, so special for me, you know. Yesterday, let's go come here today, you know, hang out with all these guys, you know. It's, we normally have, like, big rivals, you know, especially in our Pacific Division, and now we hang out. All guys are amazing. We have a lot of fun, and hopefully one day I can do it again. But uh, I really enjoy this time. Actually, I think Mike Ritchie was the first guy who texted me. Hopefully, I got for him new car set up, but it's all good. I'm happy we won. And, all right, and, good morning, know, everyone, ride, and so welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you, as always. It's a big Monday as we get set for the start of the second half of the season, the unofficial second half. It's post-All-Star break. We will call it that. But, yeah, it's obviously a big day for the team, as I'm really excited to see them get in action tonight hosting the Ducks and it's also going to be a nice distraction from what has obviously been the dominant sports story and news story in the world for the past 24 hours and that is the shocking and tragic death of Kobe Bryant his 13 year old daughter and seven others who were all killed in a helicopter crash yesterday morning just outside Malibu in Southern California I will simply read the tweet that the San Jose Sharks put out yesterday in reaction to this news the tweet reads The Sharks are saddened to hear of the passing of NBA legend Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and all the victims of today's devastating news, sending prayers to all the families and friends impacted. It would be callous of me to not bring up this tragic story, but at the same time, I do want to be able to provide people with a distraction, and I think everyone will gladly distract themselves with the San Jose Sharks and the NHL and all the sports world as this week continues. And I said it before, and I will say it again. This is a big, big week for the San Jose Sharks. We all have big expectations of this team, and we will all acknowledge that those big expectations have not been met up to this point. That is why they find themselves not in the midst of the playoffs right now. That's why they find themselves in the bottom of the Pacific Division. That's why they find themselves with a new head coach, or interim head coach, I should say, 
That's why they find themselves with a hole to climb out of. And, of course, there have been mitigating factors to all this. The suspension at the start of the year to Evander Kane, Eric Carlson dealing with things uh, in his personal life and the birth of his child. You've had Logan Couture on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Now, listen, there are all the reasons in the world why the San Jose Sharks have had issues this year, but there are also many, many reasons why they can get themselves right back into this race. I, again, said last week, I am not flying a flag of things being over, and I'm not going to say that, well, because the Blues or the Nationals did it last year. I don't care about any of what other teams have done up to this point, whether it's been in the NHL, whether it's been in other sports. I don't need a narrative to repeat itself. I just want to see the Sharks play the level of hockey that I think we all know they're capable of playing. If that happens, the Sharks are going to climb themselves right back where they need to be. Of course, they'll need a little help along the way. They'll need some breaks, but the pendulum has swung so far in the opposite direction up to this point of the season that you have to imagine that this pendulum will swing the other direction as well. Or maybe it won't. Maybe maybe that, that it won't. I, I don't know. I, you know, it's hard for me to look at this season and say that I have great faith that things are going to change, but it's hard for me to have, look at the season and say, I have great faith that things aren't going to change. Right now, it presents itself as a great unknown with many, many potential realities for things to change and things to be a better second half for the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, getting Logan Couture back at some point will be an interesting factor. But, you know, what does the team do during the month of January? What do they do starting off with this homestand? Can they play the level of hockey that I think we're all, you know, expecting of them? These are all questions that are going to be answered. You know, we had some big questions going into that three-game road trip before the All-Star break, and it was a huge disappointment. The team was flat. They looked tired. They looked beat up. Hopefully, this break has allowed them to uh, get some rest and get themselves uh, in a situation where they can play their best hockey. And, you know, during the break, we saw guys on vacations. If you follow them on social media, guys were in Hawaii, guys were all over the place, hanging out with their families, looking like they were, you know, getting rest and relaxation, which these guys need. You know, I'll I'll be the first to acknowledge that I get a little bit jealous of athletes who make a lot more money and have the ability to go to uh, anywhere in the world at the drop of a hat. But at the same time, they're out there absolutely killing themselves on a night-in, night-out basis on the ice. They're beating up their bodies. They take the pressure from the press. They take the pressure from the organization and the fans. They all know what this is about. It's not just going out there and playing hockey. It's about winning. It's about delivering. And these guys needed a break. And I was, you know, glad to see them able to relax and able to take advantage of this rest and this break because they're going to need it. I do expect the Sharks to come back and go full throttle, trying to put themselves back into the playoff race. So I was happy to see these guys. Yes, Again, I, I always get a little bit jealous when I see it, whether it's you know a professional athlete or my friend in Hawaii because I wouldn't mind being in Hawaii. But the, you know, good, get the rest, give us positivity and something to talk about. I am entirely in favor of that, and I hope this rest did them some good. Um, and I know that there's a lot of you out there that are still kind of ticked off about the MVP voting and Tomas Hurdle should have been the MVP. He is the unofficial MVP. There's no question about it you can't score that many goals and net the game winner it's it's ridiculous I don't even I don't even know where to begin with all that uh, in terms of the the voting process and the fact that hurdle it's it's too long but I I will say this an all-star game is an all-star game it's an exhibition it's relatively meaningless it is a good showcase for the league you love it if your guys are in there and able to show the world 
how good you are. More important to me than any MVP award is that Tomas Hurdle got to show the rest of the hockey world just how, A, good he is, and B, what a unique and likable character he is. Tomas Hurdle is one of those rare personalities in sports where if almost anyone else was as uniquely happy-go-lucky, um, smile-faced, grinning all the time, you know, juxtaposed with being an absolute fierce competitor, you would look at it as contrived or you would look at it as phony or forced or all of these things, but you can't look at Tomas Hurdle and see the way that he reacts and see the fun that he has and think that it's fake. It's a unique, genuine nature that Hurdle has about himself, and it's totally who he is. You see him talk about the, the Marvel movies. Uh, you know, he did that segment with Spit and Chicklets talking about that. You see the uh, way that he talks about, you know, just having fun with the game of hockey, putting on the Bieber mask, doing the things that he does. It's, you know, combined with the fact that he, you know, is not a natural English speaker and he's worked so hard to, uh, to learn English over the years. You put all these factors together and it just makes him a uniquely likable figure in sports. He is completely genuine. He's a big kid, and I don't say that in a cliche at all. He is like a big kid, and it's great. And you see the love and the passion that he has for the game and that he has for just being a, a good guy all around. That, to me, is not overlooked in the modern sports society. There's a lot of guys in sports who, I, listen, I don't think anyone's a bad guy, but there's just a lot of guys in a lot of sports that have rather flat personalities, and they go through the paces with the media, and they say things they're going to say, and, you know, oh, yeah, good game, tough loss, whatever. But Tomas Hurdle is a personality. He is a character. And for me, it was more important that the NHL world got to get a taste of that, see some of what we get in San Jose all the time. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've been feeling this low-key um, resentment of the San Jose Sharks, particularly since the playoffs last year. People seem to think that, oh, well, you know, maybe that major – wasn't a major, and maybe that hand pass. It's like, listen, what do you expect to do? The Sharks to be like, oh, we're not gonna, we're gonna say no, we're not gonna take this five minute major, or no, we're not gonna take this goal that we scored off of something that was not accurately called. No, you take the breaks that you can get and run forward. But uh, you know, maybe it's also because we get such nice weather out here in California. But I've just again felt this low key resentment over the last year, and I liked the idea that Tomas Hurdle could be such a great brand ambassador for the San Jose Sharks, the Bay Area, and just, you know, Tomas Hurdle. He, he is a an ambassador of himself, and the entire hockey world got to see that. So, yeah, I, listen, dude was the MVP, unquestionably so. The rules and the way that it came about that he's not the MVP, I mean, what are you going to do? He was filling in for Logan Couture. Uh, it, I don't know, guys. It, that sucked. I agree. I wish that he had won, but ultimately – all-star games are relatively meaningless. They're an exhibition. It's good for the game, and I'm always all about growing the game. But it, it, listen, this it's it's not something that you go back on and you say you know that you cried about. <laughs> you know, it's not something that should leave you upset for weeks, like a four overtime series ending finish in the playoffs against Dallas. That's something you can be upset about. Days and weeks and months and years later. Not me, of course. But that's something that you can still find yourself getting upset about, you know, a decade later. Uh, I digress. But, yeah, it's an all-star game, guys. It was really cool that Tomas Hurdle performed that well and that the hockey world may, got, may have had more of a flavor and a little bit of a taste 
of Tomas Hurdle, but you move on, you move forward. We will talk to Tomas Hurdle in a couple of minutes, but I just wanted to hit a couple other items. One is that Eric Carlson, all-world defenseman for our very own San Jose Sharks, was named to the NHL's all-decade second team. I don't know that I agree with that or that he shouldn't be on the first team, but listen, awards and honors are awards and honors like we saw in the All-Star game. Uh, They are also, you know, meant to cause controversy. They're meant to cause discussion. I think that Carlson and what he's done up to this point in his career is worthy of being on the first team, but I would rather Eric Carlson help the San Jose Sharks win a Stanley Cup than get an award or an honor. Not that those aren't very cool, but I think Eric Carlson is more focused on winning than he is on awards and honors. Now, the other side of this is it's pretty badass that Eric Carlson was named to the decade's second team. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment because he is one of the tremendous players in this league. He is an impact player. He is a guy who changes the game when he is on the ice. So from that perspective, it's great that he got this award and this acknowledgement because Eric Carlson, over the entirety of his career, has been just a phenomenal player, has been a force to be reckoned with on the ice, makes everybody around him better, and has shown us at certain points of his career that is able to elevate his game to levels that very few in the history of the league have been able to do and really put the team on his shoulders and carry them. What we saw him do a couple years ago in the playoffs with Ottawa was remarkable. Um, It's one of those things that you talk about years later and what he has done at certain points with the San Jose Sharks I think has been absolutely incredible. He's obviously been dealing with injury. That's been a factor, but I think the farther he gets away from that injury and the surgery that he had to have, the better and better that Eric Carlson is going to get. I know there's still some people among the Sharks fans who are still, you know, kind of waiting for him to be the dominant force game in, game out, and I think we got a taste of that at certain points last year, and then, of course, he suffered the injury, and that was a big setback, but for the San Jose Sharks right now, he's had time to get healthy. He's been getting healthier, and so I think that he can start to be more of that guy, and we have seen it at moments. Even this year, I mean, he has looked absolutely phenomenal. He's so aggressive. He's so impactful. He knows how to make the great plays. No, he is not, you know, a defense first defenseman, but the way he plays and the way he sets up changes everything on the ice as a transporter of the puck at the way he plays the blue line. Listen, Eric Carlson is a remarkable player, and I do like that the NHL was able to acknowledge him. Again, I can make it for him being on the first team, but All in all, Eric Carlson being acknowledged, it's good for him. It's good for the Sharks. When you have these players in the Bay Area, you got to stand out. Okay, let's not not lie. You're going up against, what, there's seven professional sports franchises in the Bay Area. you got the Sharks, and you have the Quakes, and you have the A's, and the Giants, and the 49ers, and the Warriors, and the Raiders, technically, for a couple more months until they go to Las Vegas. You need these superstars. You need these big-time players. You need these accolades because you have an incredible amount of competition in this specific region. And so for Eric Carlson to get that honor, even if I think he could have been rated a little bit higher, still pretty damn cool. I think it's going to be awesome to watch uh, what he does over the length of this contract with the San Jose Sharks. I know the first half of this season has not been what he wants from the team, uh, but I don't think it's going to be out of the question for the remainder of this season and the remainder of that contract for Eric Carlson 
to be Eric Carlson night in, night out. And I'm excited to see what he brings, and I'm excited that he gets this honor. And I'm excited to see him come out and play in the second half of this season. I want to see... I want to see Eric Carlson play pissed off Eric Carlson hockey tonight against the Ducks. And then on Saturday night, we're going to have the uh, 1,000 game ceremony for Mark Edward Vlasic, which I'm really looking forward to uh, just because I like anytime we get a chance to acknowledge these players and their accomplishments um, in their careers and what they've meant to the Sharks. You know, Vlasic has been with this team for a long time. He has been one of the tremendous defenders in the world of hockey. We know what he's done for the Sharks. We know what he's done for Canada on the world stage, and we get to watch Vlasic on a night-in, night-out basis. And I sometimes think that we take it for granted, and I sometimes think that people hold him to a standard that's almost unrealistic at times, but we do know that when Mark Edward Vlasic is able to turn it on and able to dial it back just a little bit, he still has the ability in huge games just to absolutely shut the opposition down and shut guys down. And we see what he does in big moments. I, You know, he is... He's a tremendous player, and I'm glad he's a San Jose Shark. But, man, a 1,000 games in a Sharks uniform, 1,000 games into his career, it's, it's incredible to have that type of longevity, to have health on your side, uh, to have great teammates, great support systems, uh, combined with the international-level play that we've seen from him. This guy is getting the most out of his body and out of his career, and he is a testament to, uh, to hard work, and I want him to play as long as he can for the San Jose Sharks. All right, I teased it earlier, and we have made the connection. Now joining us on more side is Tomas Hurdle, fresh off his appearance from the NHL All-Star Game. Mr. Hurdle, how's it going? I'm doing great. You know, I have last couple, last today was amazing for me. You know, when you, when you go for first All-Star, you, you don't know what to expect, but it was Amazing, you know, right away from the start, you know, people take care of us, all guys, that's great to me, and I got uh, a lot of fun there. Yeah, it looked like you were having a great time, man, and obviously you had a, an incredible performance, and, you know, there's a lot of people who are talking about the fact that you should have been the MVP, and I am one of those people that am in that camp, but I understand that the uh, the voting process is not one that is always uh, one that makes the most sense, so is there... Any frustration on your part on how that went down, or are you just looking at as having a uh, a great time and a great performance? No, I just looking at a great time. You know, it's ah, I'm just happy we actually won the game. Like, <laughs> you know, and we the Pacific, you know, champ. So it's all matter. It's always you want to just win games, and if you get some other accomplishment come, it's always good. But you know, I, I'm just happy I was there. I have great time and. And I really enjoy it. You know, with all guys I play, they all amazing. You know, you've been big rivals, and and I enjoy it every minute. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring up the rival aspect because I believe there was a a clip of you standing next to Andre Kopitar, who of course is a rival, and you were kind of joking about the fact that you know you guys are now uh, you know playing alongside each other and joking around. Is it is it weird going from that aspect of where you are? You know, going head to head with these guys in the regular season, then suddenly you're in a more friendly environment with them. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit weird, but uh, I enjoy it, you know, because I actually before the season I never met Anja. You know, we always been like for six year rivals. You know, taking almost every time face off. You know, like never smile. You know, and now I met him in Chicago, and this past week I actually hang out with with him a lot and with his family. You know, we. 
eat a couple of times at dinner and he's a great guy and I have a lot of fun, you know, and I really enjoy it, you know, because you never know, you know, because you just play against him, but he, he was great to me and I think we get a lot of fun and talk, but when we get back to the ice, we, we have to, again, probably put, you know, like always behind it, but I was really happy I, can, uh, I met him. It's another aspect for you in your career is you got to go play in the NHL All-Star Game and be a representative for the, the game of hockey and for the NHL itself. I'm sure this for you was something that you dreamed about when you were coming up, you know, and, you know, as a teenager playing and, you know, obviously making a name for yourself. Did you ever think that that goal or that dream would become a reality? I mean, this is kind of one of those things that's far out there when you're maybe, you know, 13 years old, but then suddenly it was a reality for you this past weekend. Yeah, it's, you know, always you dream and make it. It's NHL, that's the first thing. I That will be amazing, but, you know, All-Star is so far, you know, how cool probably it will be now skating with all these superstars from different teams and, you know, you just hang out, you got picture with them and all that stuff and, you know, when I get to the NHL, I start playing, you know, like, like every game, I was just like, oh, it'll be awesome when they make it, you know, and actually do it, you know, and, and it's, it was really amazing and it's like not a dream, you know, come to me and, and I'm so happy to, you know, play the game there. Yeah, no, great stuff, man. And again, we're talking to Tomas Hurdle here on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, you get a quick turnaround. Things get going for the uh, second half of the season on Monday night. And I'm curious, just, you know, do you feel like you, even though you played and participated in this weekend that you were able to get some rest for your body? And do you feel like you're ready to go for the second half? Yeah, we got still, you know, the bye week, so we got a lot of time off, and, and you know, Friday was just the skin competition. The game was actually pretty intense, so we got least nice sweat, so it's kind of nice to lower me up before, you know, uh, get to the second half, you know. it's It was a great couple of days, even bye week, and this, you know, we can relax because we know the season was a little tough than usually here, so it was nice to lower your mind and just have great time, and and I'm ready to go, you know, for the second half. And, you know, you guys have a bit of a hole to try and climb out of now. You guys were able to do that earlier in this season in the month of November after a rough start in October. But, you know, December and January have been up and down, especially with the injury to the captain, Logan Couture, and you guys have to respond now from that. I'm just curious, you know, what your your thoughts are right now and how you think that, you know, the the team is going to respond now. And obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on you once again because, you know, with Couture not in the lineup, uh, you know, until he comes back from this injury, guys like you and Timo Meyer, and obviously, you know, mainstays like Patrick Marlowe and Eric Carlson, there's going to be a lot of expectations for you guys to try and push this team back into the playoff picture. Yeah, that's uh, that's bottom line. We everybody has to be better if we want to, you know, back on the track. I think actually when Coach got hurt, we got great. Actually, one of the best two games of the season, you know, at the home stands. You know, we've been like Dallas, one of the, you know, best teams in Asia right now. But after we got a really tough rotate, we don't, we just, again, change our game. We don't play what we should play. You know, everybody just do kind of own thing. And that's why we lost the games. And now everybody has to rest, rest their mind because it wasn't easy for anybody in the locker room. And 
and we know like starting with me we have to step it up especially when people are missing coach you know it is our captain one of the biggest you know leader in our team so me and other guys we have to step it up but bottom line we have to just play right away we we can't choose for offense and we have to start with defense you know because we we got a lot of goals against lately and it's always because we're looking to score so when we have to start in these zone make sure we got all these on it always when we play like that we always find a way and everything open up and we score goals like to two home games even like you know three two two one that's just our just just our game because we don't score many goals this season so we have to start with that and in terms of transitioning with the new head coach and Bob Bugner, how's that been? I mean, obviously he was with you for um, uh, earlier in your career, and then he goes off to Florida. He's there for a while, but then he's back with you guys once again. And obviously when the season started and he came back in his assistant, you didn't know he was going to eventually be the head coach. But I'm just curious from your point of view, how, how has that you know transition been with him at the, at the interim head coach position? Yeah, Boogie is a great guy, you know, but everyone you know, in our room really like him, and I think he uh, he he did a pretty really good job, you know, and he he changed something. Everybody likes it, you know, but uh, I think he was really good. But uh, um, he, like us, like players, we don't really help him because I was just saying because we 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 just don't play right way and. And cheating, and every time what what he say and be doing it during the game, so we have to do in that. But uh, I think Boogie did pretty good job, even with the tough situation he get. You know, when he, you know, he got fired, jumping in when it's like team doesn't get doing good you know it's not easy time to you know jump on and be the head coach yeah I mean I feel like people talk about the coaches so much and they look at those moves that are made around the league um you know every anytime a coach is fired but I think there's not a lot of attention paid to the fact that the players do take that personally and they want to respond for the coach and they want to respond for for you know Bob Bugner in particular who is a guy like you alluded to gets along with everyone in the dressing room so well do you feel like the team wants to win for Boogie even though like you said he came into a tough situation yes um that's for sure we want to win for him and it's last couple of years for me was special you know with Jumbo Party there was always for me like I want to win for them because, you know, when I get to the league, I start playing Jumbo, you know, he, he helps me score a lot of goals. He helped me around it. And I always, every year, because, you know, it's, he's getting older and he don't get him many chances. And I thought so if last year, we so close and, and always, you know, you know, give player like that, you know, the cup, what he's deserving, like so, so much after what he did in the league. And so all these players, you know, they've, they, you know, like body and Jumbo they for and they're still working so hard, you know, get every game and it's pissed me off, you know, we don't perform what we should like be like doing better. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure that from your point of view and from the team's point of view, you guys feel that you are just a a step away from getting right back into it. I mean, do you think this team can recapture the form that you, that you guys think you're capable of and push yourselves right back into the mix? Oh, for sure. You know, we know we got the strength. We prove it in December. You know, we don't have that much different team from last year, so we can do it. When we 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 prove it, when we play a couple of games and we play really good, we know we can do, we win the games and everything. But 
so it's it's up to us now. We got you know great break and we have to start right away from tomorrow because well one game is one got loss is just it's too hard for us. You know we we can afford we have to just start with one, but we have to get on the roll. That by the line if if we want to get to the playoff, if we don't get on the roll, that that will be tough because you know we already ten points behind, so it's not easy go. But we have to start tomorrow and and we'll see from from that. Love it, man. Well, Tomas, I really appreciate your time as always. It was an absolute blast watching you and uh, all the activities during the NHL All-Star Weekend. And, you know, for those around the league that didn't know you uh, as well as they should have, I hope that they now do uh, because you're just a joy to watch, man. And I'm really looking forward to uh, what you and your teammates have in store for the second half of the season. But I know you need to go get some rest. Uh, But, again, man, thank you so much. And I hope I can bug you for some time again soon, all right? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Tomas Hurdle, guys, I liked what I had to hear from him. I think he's ready to get going with the second half of the season, which starts uh, tonight, today, this is Monday, taking on the Ducks at 7.30 from the tank. Then Wednesday night, it's a big one against the Canucks. That to the tank. Thursday and Friday, they get a little rest. And then Saturday night, they'll be taking on the Lightning, not as good as they were last year, but still a tough challenge regardless. Then they're going to go back out on the road next Tuesday. They'll be in Calgary taking on the Flames. That one obviously is going to be big. Then Thursday night after that, in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. Then on the following Monday, they're going to be back home hosting the Flames again. So things are busy for the San Jose Sharks, but they're going up against a lot of conference and divisional opponents. Obviously, that's what they need to do is win those games. Not that the Lightning aren't important, but they need to win games against teams in their division to climb back into the race here and put themselves in a position where they can build momentum and hopefully put themselves in a position to when Logan Couture is healthy and ready to go back into the lineup that the Sharks can maximize that almost as if it were a trade acquisition because getting him back, if the team is playing better, that's only going to be a boost. That's only going to make them that much more dangerous And it's going to be hard, but these games against the divisional opponents, you have to win them. Two out of three were losses to divisional opponents on the three-game roadie before the All-Star break. That was was rough. That was bad. Those were games you could not afford to lose, but they lost all three of them. And I don't like the fact that the Sharks are riding a three-game losing streak heading into this game. But there's no better time than the present for the Sharks to break out of it. And I really think that... They are going to have a good effort tonight against the Ducks. The Ducks are not good. They're lower in the standings than the Sharks. They've only got 43 points on the season. Um, they've played a couple less games, but you know what? The Ducks, to me, have been in this period the last couple of years where that's, you know, quote-unquote rebuilding, even if they haven't labeled it as such. This is a team that you have to beat. You have to beat the Ducks. You have to give yourself one game's worth of momentum before the more upper echelon teams come at you fast and furious. And it'll be pretty plain to see if the Sharks are doing what they need to do to win. First, you got to be committed on defense for 60 minutes. You got to get good goaltending. You've got to not you've got to eliminate high risk, low reward opportunities unless you're out in the lead and you're able to take advantage of that to punish an opponent. You cannot put yourself in a bad situation. You cannot have these defensive zone turnovers. You cannot give it away and put your goalie in that negative position. You need to play clean hockey. That's one of the things that's more and more becoming prevalent with the Sharks. When they play clean, 
when they reduce the errors, they perform like a team that's capable of winning any game. But when they're shooting themselves in the foot, when they are having these issues, when they're giving things away, when they're putting their goalie in a bad spot, then you see these problems rear their head. It actually, for the sake of comparison, uh, across sports, it reminds me of what we've seen from the Golden State Warriors, that that was a team that when they would give it away, when they were sloppy, they would shoot themselves in the foot. They would not be playing their best brand of basketball. Very similar to what we see with the Sharks. There's an incredible amount of talent out there on the ice, but they don't always play the cleanest brand of hockey. However, when they do clean it up, shocker, they win. I know it. You know it. Bob Bugner knows it. Doug Wilson knows it. The team knows it. It's just that sometimes the Sharks and their relative skill level, I think there's this feeling where they can make things happen or they don't have to be, you know, that demanding of that clean style of play. Like the game will come to them. Well, that hasn't happened this year. The games have not come to them. They've got to work that much harder. They've got to be that much cleaner. They've got to be better than they've been in a lot of these games where they've exhaled too early. Even with a minute left to play, that's too early. It's got to be full throttle, 60 minutes, committed on defense, reduce the errors, take care of the puck. You do all those things, you're going to win. I know you're saying, Ted, you could say that of almost any team. No, you couldn't because almost any team doesn't have the talent that the Sharks have. If the Sharks play that brand of hockey, which we have seen on various occasions this year, they'll win. And not just the Ducks. They're capable of beating Vancouver. They're capable of beating the Flames. They're capable of beating whoever it is that goes in front of them. Whoever lines up across them on the ice, they're capable of beating because they have the talent the few other teams in the NHL do. It's just a matter of everybody just kind of, you know, buckle in. This is going to suck. We're going to have to play that much harder. But if we do this, we'll be rewarded for it. And even though there have been games this year where there have not been rewarded in terms of two points when all is said and done, they see the results. They see that they've been in those games. They see that they've given themselves a chance. They see that they've got the opportunity to win. And I want the opportunity to win more than anything else because if you put this team in a position to win a game, I think they've got the mentality to go out there and win it. But when you give up goals immediately after scoring a goal, when you give up goals early in the period, when you give up goals at the end of the period, when you take bad penalties, when you turn the puck over, when you commit the errors that we've seen the Sharks do this year, well, guess what? They're not going to be in a good spot. That is something that, quote-unquote, bad teams do, and too often we've seen the Sharks perform or execute like a bad team. And that's why they find themselves, you know, third to last in the Pacific Division. And I, I don't even like saying that. It pains me. But it's a reality this team has created for itself, and it's a reality that they are in control of to get themselves out of it. I like the quote from Tomas Hurdle, and I'm paraphrasing to an extent, but he said it when we were talking. He said, we can do it. It's up to us. That means everyone in that dressing room knows they've gotten themselves into this mess, but I think it also means they all know they can get themselves out of it. It starts tonight, everyone. Big game against the Ducks. Maybe you don't hate them as much as you used to, and you know what? Screw that. Hate them as much as you used to. Make SAP Center a loud, nasty place for them to come into tonight and help the Sharks. Allow them to feed off that emotion. Allow them to feed off that venom and vitriol and send them back to the bottom of the Pacific where you think they belong. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Tomas Hurdle for chatting with us after his all-star experience. 
A big thanks to you for tuning in, and a big thanks to the Sharks for making this show a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.